show on the road. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the In The Round Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Will Hunt, and joining me this week, like every week, is the mostly marauder, Mr. David Carmichael Harris. Dave. Hi, Will. You all right? I'm all right. Thanks, Dave. And above him on the computer screen, at least, is Pod Ross himself, Mr. Ross Bird. Good evening. There he is. And then, sort of diagonal, I'm making hand movements, which you can't see on this visual this audio podcast, sorry. Um, is sports media's number one. Number one. Joel Linton, Endubs, Talisa, Top Gun, Ethereum, Padres, Superfan. There we go. That's quite the intro. Hello, everyone. It's, it's Mr. Mike Breson. I got all the way through the intro. I didn't say his name. Incredible. <laughs> um, let's, this is our predictions episode, and we will get to that in good time. But first, let me pose to you a question. Who is the greatest player that was really good in the championship couldn't cut it in the Premier League? Now, for me, it's Dave Nugent. Oh, I was going to go Dave Nugent. That is immediately who I think about. Yeah. Um, Jordan Rhodes, a close second, but there we are. Who wants it? Cameron Jerome. Jerome. Okay. But I do, I do instantly think of Nugent, to be fair. What about, does Todd Cantwell come into this? No, Todd Cadwell. He was good in the Premier League, wasn't he? Oh, for about five minutes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm. I think Cameron Jerome. Uh, who else comes to mind? I mean, that uh, Armstrong Southampton have had this season. Oh, Adam so, Armstrong. Yeah. You know who's nailed on to be the next one, by the way? Mitrovic. No, but he is one too. Ben Brereton and Diaz, mate. As soon as he hits the Prem, he's going to be one. Ooh, I like it. Calling it before it happens. I yeah, like it. He's, he's oh, actually, Dwight Gale. That's another Dwight Gale. That's the one, actually, isn't it? It's Dwight Gale. Dwight Gale. He is it's so, great. like, championship for us. Against Liverpool. Was it a hat-trick? he scored two, maybe. No, I don't think he scored a hat-trick. I think he just got the final one, didn't he? I think what he got this. Charlie Austin? Did Charlie he Austin has, good in the Premier League? He has scored some, yeah. He was Premier. good for yeah. QPR. And the fact he was good for QPR proves that he could he could really play. Charlie Austin in the Pre- Charlie Austin's greatest Premier League moment is when he just lost it in the mm-hmm. post match interview. So good. So it's a fucking joke. <laughs> Charlie Austin's worst footballing moment is what he puts out and talks about every week. He had an eighteen goal season for QPR. Yeah. Yes he yeah. did. Yeah. Wow. And then, then he was the player that I'm thinking of. <laughs> he didn't get, he didn't get a move. I think he got injured though. To he went fair. to Southampton and he then scored one six seven two zero zero in the preceding seasons. That That's is, the Charlie Austin I'm remembering. Here. That is tough. Um, I mean, to have won 18 goal seasons in the Prem, to be fair, he must be one of the top scorers that year. I'm gonna say that's not far off uh, top scorer territory. Yeah, Dave. Um, is having problem technical problems, but he's put in Adele to raps. Yeah, that's a good shout because he was like world beater at championship level. Yeah, but he's like the you know the phrase that floats around on social media: "Streets won't forget." That's yeah, Adele to rap. Yeah. I hate that phrase. Every, every couple of months, that tweet pops up as well. And that, but the, like, the streets have forgotten. About for the last three months, everyone forgot, and then you tweeted it again, and now a few people of our age are like, "Oh yeah, Adele to raps." 
it's always that it's always those ones that like people don't understand how good Ad, Adele Raptor was in his prime. I'm like, yeah, he, he was good in the championship for one year. That's why we don't talk about him. He was yeah, he's around at Benfica. Benfica. Yeah. To be fair, somehow. He's what? He's hung around at Benfica. Oh, decent sign. But he's not playing for them, is he? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure if I watch it, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, Lee Grant was hanging around at Man U the last couple of years. That is a fair point. Batchway started his seventh pre-season at Chelsea. He's hung around. That is crazy. How old is he now? Don't know. I mean, the one thing you would say for Batchway is like in his first season, he scored a, he scored a goal that was a title-winning goal, and his career since then has just gone awfully. He's got to be pushing. He's got to be like 28, hasn't he now? Yeah, he, he had a great he had a great season at Dortmund too, and then Chelsea, and then Dortmund weren't willing to pay pay for him and we just sort of we just sort of lost it like his career just down the tubes like it's incredible but Dave Dave I think you're back now aren't you yeah I'm back on my phone I don't know what my laptop's doing cool. um, do you want a Delta app then oh uh, Wi-Fi a Delta app what do you think I don't know why it's doing with my Wi-Fi apologies back on phone again Back on phone again. Right, let's move on. Let's swiftly move on. Let's talk about the big right, one. That, no, no, that one. Oh, I think I'm back. Possibly. Adal Tarapt, best best player in the championship who uh, couldn't cut in the Prem. You probably moved on, but I just wanted to say. <laughs> no, no, no. We did mention it. We did mention it. He was shit, though. <laughs> Mate, I, you had a 40 goal and assist season when QPR got promoted and then literally couldn't do anything in the Prem. I'd say that's pretty good. That's true. Um, performance in the championship. Rian Brewster, anyone? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gonna... Eight goals and he could have come off the bench for the team that won the Champions League. Crazy. Anyway, um, <laughs> we to the predictions episode. Oh, dear. As you all know, at the end of this, at the end of every season we get together and we give out awards. This year we're going to try and predict them because our one to twenty episodes are just such paragons of getting things right, aren't they? Um, right, let's start with the big one. Let's start with Player of the Year. I asked the three of you to submit your picks to me, and then we'll sort of go with the consensus to talk it through for what our pick is going to be for the season. Um, two of you have gone for. KDB, Ross and Mike, and the other one's gone for Kane. Uh, I say the other one, it's Dave. Dave, do you want to start off and think about and tell us why you think Harry Kane's going to win Player of the Year? Yeah, I mean, he was he was looking to come really good with Conte at the end of last season. I think, obviously, with Son and Kulazewski, um, obviously, we're getting the best of the best from Harry Kane again. I think he might be able to do that all season. He scores a lot of goals anyway, he gets a lot of assists. And the way that he was playing at the end of the season, I think if he can stay fit, I can see him getting like 25 plus goals, probably 10, 15 assists. So that's why I think he'd be player of the year. Okay. And um, you two have gone for the guy who's actually won the award last year, which was, I'm going to say now, it was ridiculous that he won the award. But um, why KDB? Why do you think he's going to win it? basically well I mean he won it yeah as you say last year and the assist numbers are going to be even higher you'd think now with Haaland on the other end of him 
Um, and there's no Sterling now, so there's room for even more production, I think, from from KDB. And I like City for the title again, I think. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll back him for player of the year. Uh, yeah, I also think that City are probably going to win the league. And I think uh, the second half of last season, Kev was essentially unplayable. He was pretty much just put that team on his back. Um, took them, obviously, to the title. I think they're going to have a big year. And Kev's going to be a massive, massive part of that. Um, I, I think Liverpool aren't going to quite be there, which is why I haven't got Salah. Uh, and Kane was my other choice, actually, um, but didn't go for him in the end. So, yeah, I think Kev takes it. Like, with the last two years, our player of the year has been different to what the actual player of the year has been. Last year, we think we were unanimous that it was Salah, and the year before, me, you, Dave, thought it was Harry Kane, um, based solely on the numbers and the actual quality of play. It seems that narratives kind of like spin into thing when it comes to player of the year. Like last year, it was, I'm going to say it now, I thought Salah was the best player in the Premier League last year. I thought he was the most unplayable player in the Premier League and he did dip in the second half of the year, but I thought he was better at his peak than Kevin De Bruyne was at his peak. But Kevin De Bruyne peaked around the time that voting was done. And I think that's sort of what happens. So with narratives sort of in the mind... You've mentioned Haaland. Haaland's the big flashy thing. He's the thing that City have needed. Do you think if... if So let's assume that Kev's numbers go up and he, he gets what? Like last year it was 15 goals, eight assists in the league. Let's say he, his scoring production goes down to like 10, but he gets like, I don't know, 18, 19 assists. But Haaland scores 25 or whatever. Does that hurt his case to have another guy on his team putting up that kind of numbers? Does that take split the vote almost? I don't think so if he's the assist man as much. I mean, if he's still scoring 10 and giving you, yeah, 15 plus assists, I don't I don't think it's going to factor in. But I mean, I guess if Haaland ends up scoring like 28 goals or something like that, then there's probably a case for him, I suppose. But yeah. That would be a fun race. And obviously they both have the, nav- the, the narrative likely that they win the league. Is is there not something to do? Is there not something that we've we've seen Kevin De Bruyne do this before? Do you think? Do you think that's probably gonna when you come to do this at the end of the season? You think about who was really good this year. You sort of you overlook the brilliance of the way, and you think of the new flashy thing. Assuming that Haaland does really well. Assuming that Harry Kane mm-hmm. scores twenty odd goals and leads Spurs to third, for example. Do you expect something like that could take it away? Because you see it in like American sports, don't you? Like voter fatigue. Like people get bored of voting, even if the same player is the best player, people get bored of voting for the same player sometimes. Because if KDB wins another, uh, I can't remember which one it is. It might be players. It might be the PFA player of the year or something. If he wins another one, he's got the most individual awards ever. Most, which feels wrong to me. But I'm not saying he's not a great player. That just feels wrong. I didn't realise that. That does seem a bit wild. But yeah, I think. Uh... It's possible. I think if Haaland has a... If their seasons are comparable, Haaland probably would guess it. Yeah. So, Haaland, Kane, um, KDB. Any other contenders you're thinking about? I originally had Son. That was my first selection, actually. I did think about it. Yeah. 
because as you'll find out next week, I'm quite high on Spurs. And I think him and Kane and Kulisevsky or Perisic or whoever, Richarlison, are going to get a lot of goals and assists. Not Probably not Richarlison, but Kane and Son in particular. Almost definitely not Richarlison. Uh, and that's that's what maybe at least consider that Son would be, could be in the race. I think he's good enough. What does Son have to do to get a? It's going to have to be. Like what kind of numbers are we talking to get Son in there? Well, yeah, I think Spurs would have to finish third, and also, well, he's probably he's got to score 15 plus and probably 12 to 15 assists as well. Because that's, interest, that's interesting. In terms of numbers, last year was the only year where he scored above 14 in the league. So he's not he's not consistently doing that. You I mean, get what I mean? 23 goals, 7 assists last year for some. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Very good. It's a good player. Anyway, yeah, he was close, wasn't he, last year? Or maybe not last I think he year. He got pipped on the last day, didn't he? In the last no, game. I, th- I think they were the same. I think oh, were they? they? On the same. But yeah, 30 goal contribution Premier League season is nuts. Um, but I don't think anyone really considered him for player of the year last year. But I guess what you're saying is the added team success would would help. Well, that helps the narrative, doesn't it? Which helps yeah. the case. Yeah. Yeah, but what you've got to understand, if Tottenham are that good, you've got to understand what the media narrative is going to be. And it's going to be about Harry Kane. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Unless Son does his thing. But Harry, Son's not scoring 23 goals again without Harry Kane getting God knows how many assists. It's been interesting, won't it? Um, any other players like Van Dyke, perhaps? Salah, maybe, if you haven't mentioned him. We've talked about him briefly. Salah, I couldn't, don't know. Mike, <laughs> Mike, said, Mike said more because he thought that Liverpool were in for a slightly down year. It does feel... Yeah. Just feel like Salah's moment might have passed as well. But, I mean, but, if we'll do a better season that. than we thought, Salah's definitely going to be in and around the award, isn't he? So. Great podcast. Lovely stuff. Well done. He's learning. <laughs> um, okay, so the, the pick for this year for all of us and combining it is KDB. Um, let's move to um, let's move to manager of the year because we've got a, a real debate here. We've all picked, well, you've all picked three different people. So I'm the deciding vote for who we pick as a unit. Um, so I'm going to let you all sort of uh, discuss and make your cases. Uh, Dave, do you want to go first? Because I feel yeah. like I've gone for such a boring answer. And yeah, I, I really yeah, want yeah, to go for, for someone else um, who, who maybe would be lower down the table. I thought Dave was going to... I must admit, when I said this, I thought I was getting <laughs> Patrick Vieira back. I thought I was getting I Patrick was going to go for Vieira or Thomas Frank, and I thought, well, they could both, in theory, have disasters, so that would be hell of a hell of a call. And I don't want to jinx either team, so I've gone with Pep, just because I think Haaland's the final piece to his puzzle, and I can't see them not winning the league. And we've already seen how many points they can get in a season. Imagine what records they could break with, frankly, one of the best strikers in the world in the team. So I'm sorry to be boring, but I've gone for Pep. Because if they manage to be that good, how how could you look past them for manager of the year if they manage to break more records? That's that was where I went. Probably because the squad costs half a bill. Um, it doesn't matter if you win things well. No, it's true, but it it does when you're discussing manager talent. It always has done. 
right rightly or wrongfully i mean we always i mean if you look back at who we've picked over the years we've picked we picked eddie howe last year well, um, I to go for how again but i just i think <laughs> i think we picked our first year doing this we obviously picked steve wilder and i'm fairly certain steve wilder steve oh fucking hell chris wilder <laughs> oh i said steve but i didn't chris wilder and i think we picked in the middle i want to say we picked uh graham potter i think so so we've got a brand and you've all sort of r- railed against it here ross do you want to give us your answer your who you think is going to be a manager? Yeah. Mikel Arteta. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Ross texted me this earlier and I was like, fuck's sake. Why? He's looking at his I phone think... notes to see what Arsenal Twitter says about what's good about him. Arsenal going to finish 12. Ernie Jacob, Arsenal. 12? No, you were going to put them in the We are high. I'm a high on Arsenal too. Yeah, I'm quite high on Arsenal to be fair. Mind you, I do want to see what Arteta joking apart i do think there's an interesting like sort of elevation in his managerial career and seeing how he manages a european push alongside trying to get top four whereas last year he was trying to get top four and playing once a week and i do think that actually matters and seeing how he can rotate the squad and play his football with a weakened squad i do think there's something interesting there but anyway go on you obviously think it's going to be a success yeah well this is the best i've felt about arsenal for quite some time um i've liked all the signings that we've made and they've filled the definite needs that we've outlined before on the pod jesus is already looking looking great he's got a great one against chelsea a couple of days ago in pre-season <laughs> yeah i mean you lost to charlotte in pre-season but well, yeah, pre- i'll tell on. you i'll tell you a million times pre-season and how players look in pre-season does not matter does not yeah, I know, I just, I just Ross Barkley looks like Paul Gascoigne. I'm just saying it now because otherwise you'll upset yourself when you come to think <laughs> you will. I've been where you are. I've watched Morata put goal after goal past some Dutch team and thought to myself, this is the year. Uh, I is mean, the, it, we were playing Chelsea. Place. A reasonably strong Chelsea too. So. Nah, nah. Nah, yeah. Oh, anyway, yeah, I think we're in a really good position to... I mean, we nearly had Champions League last year. Um I think we've only improved the squad now. Um, I think I think it's going to be his year. I just do. I think, yeah, the signings have uh, filled out the squad in a way we needed to. And he's got, yeah, Lacazette's gone. So we haven't found out about the new captain yet. But, uh... <laughs> but why manager of the year? Because manager of the year assumes that he's doing a really good job. Is Are you... To get manager of the year, are we talking that he has to he has to be like almost third and more than yeah, fourth? I, because it's sort of like people feel like they're almost expecting fourth. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I think we're going to be really good this year. I really do. It's such a recipe for a disastrous season for Arsenal. Really? Everything's so set up. It is yeah. so set up. It would be quite Arsenal, I guess. For them to be to good. go horribly wrong. Well, for it to be for it, no, I. I see what you're saying, but I'm, I'm confident. Which almost guarantees, because I've said it on the pod, that it's going to be a real train wreck now. But I don't think third's completely out of the question. Oh, get a fucking grip. Uh, I mean, there's a world. Yeah, there we go. Again. They're going to... We'll talk about it. We're going to... We are going to talk... And next week is our 1 to 20, and we'll probably talk about it more then. But the, the Sunday-Thursday grind... 
affects you late season. It really does. It really does. And particularly, well, we have been used to it the last time we didn't play it last year, but we had to go the previous and got yeah, to the final. But year before, you weren't as good in the league. Last year, you last year when the first time you were good in the league, you played once a week. It's the same question that Spurs have to ask because both Conte and Arsetta play brands of football that are really require really require them on having the exact right personnel in the exact right slots. And when you take away those slots, that's when things go wrong. I mean, we saw it Chelsea with Conte when um, he couldn't play the same eleven every week. It's yeah. just interesting. Yeah. Anyway, Mike, we've mentioned the man. Go on. Yeah, I'm actually I've changed my mind. Oh, have you? I'm going with my original pick that is not who I sent you. Right. It's okay. very on brand. It's very on brand. Okay. I'm going for Steve Cooper. All right. He's <laughs> going to keep them up. Him and Lingard are going to have the best season of all time. I don't want to pick either. You're out here complaining at my choice. Oh, God. Well, I was going to pick Conte, but I then I decided I didn't want to back it up, so... I'm going for Steve Cooper. And I've got very little to back this one up, except that I think they're going to do the best out of the promoted teams. It'd be very funny if Bass and the promoted teams are still 18. <laughs> yeah, yes. I mean, that would be tough <laughs> and likely wouldn't win in Manager of the Year. But I, mean, I, I think when he I finishes 14th. 14th? I'm forward to next week's pod. That'll be enough. There's I get what you're doing. There's some really bad teams in the league. I don't know if that's enough for a manager of the year. 14th. What, 14th? Forrest finished 14th. If, if Forrest finished 14th, I'm calling him the best manager ever. I mean, it's a pretty signing, to be fair. I do think he's a really good manager. I think he, he makes a good manager. And I think, even though the style's not going to be great, I think they'll be half decent this year. But so I like it as a choice, to be fair. Oh, I'm not going to... I don't know. I mean, I, went I also fan, like Thomas Brank. Yeah. But I think uh, I'm, my concern with Brentford is the second season. Everyone's worked him out. So I don't want to pick him. Do you want to go for Jesse Marsh, Mike? Uh, no. If it was a worse manager of the year. It would be so funny if he somehow does well. I can't Maybe. say. No, no, no. no, no just the money. Go down 20th for Leeds. I'm spoiling next week's pod. No, they're not finishing 20th. Ross with a teaser. Not while Everton are in the league. Right. Um, okay. Uh, I guess I have to pick one of the three and I'm picking Cooper because I think that's the most likely to happen based on how we pick our manager of the years. All he has to do is finish 15th and we'll be like... <laughs> He's set a standard. He's put a philosophy on the team. Yeah, remember what we said about Chris Wilder, just copy and paste. Yeah, copy and paste. And then Although, they'll be down the next year. Apart from, apart from Steve Cooper's bought a whole new team. I will tell you now, Chris Chris Wilder's... Like, I feel, I've never felt better about giving out a, a Coach of the Year award, even in a season where Klopp absolutely swept everything. I was like, it's him. I'll stand by it for the rest of my life. And it didn't matter that they went down the next season. He's still did a phenomenal job. Um, right. Uh, most improved player. You're going to get yours out of the way, Mike. And I'm not saying it, so you can say it. Well, it's, it's on brand with the last selection for myself. It's Jesse Lingard, everybody. <laughs> oh, no. I actually don't hate it. I really don't. Oh, get a grip. What is he from? Not, not playing it's not exactly. A high bar. It's not a high bar that he has to beat here. 
from giving the ball away against young boys to lose us that game. If he can just pass to his own team, he's improved a bit. <laughs> um, unfortunately, they're still playing red, not Forest, so that's kind of tough. He's obviously struggled with that before. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I think he's going to be pretty good in an Oxford shirt. I didn't particularly enjoy his, his reveal there, but I'm, I'm in. The one-year deal, inject it. No, and I, I, reading a lot of what people are saying about Lingard fitting into Steve Cooper's system, they seem, the consensus seems to be that it is a good move for him. But the consensus seemed to be that it's not as good a move as if we'd gone back to West Ham, but in his short career. Um, I still don't know why he didn't go back to West Ham. Well, I, I, I know. know. I can think of <laughs> 200,000 reasons why, pal. Um, it is interesting, actually, that, it's just that Forrest decided to um, wait until we'd released the podcast. <laughs> Classic. Cheers. Um, I also didn't like his reveal video, but then again, I don't think I've ever liked a video featuring Jesse Lingard. Um, yeah, with special thanks to Steinberg from The Guardian for reporting two years instead of one year for us yeah, to, uh, to get that totally wrong. Thanks, <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Um, Dave, Ross, you've both gone for the same person who I actually would have been my pick too. Yeah, Jack, Jack Grealish. Pretty boring, but it is what it is, isn't it? Yeah, you'd think that this season he fits more into the system. He gets more used to it. With loads of players we've seen with Pep, they take like a year to adjust. And then they come good. Um, probably worked out more of where, where he fits in the system, whereas last year was a lot about trying him out, seeing where he could fit in. Um, just looks pretty decent in pre-season, apparently. That's what I'm seeing from, from City fans. Um we just said preseason means nothing, but he didn't. I think. Let's be honest, he could not really, mean less. No, but he didn't perform. No, did I'm he? not sure that's really season. true. So if he, if he can become a key player, I, I'd say say uh, a massive improvement. To be honest, as a, I'll, I'll go back to our preseason thing. I'll tell <laughs> you now. Uh, I've watched Chelsea go overseas to America in the past, lose every single game, and then score a hundred goals and run for the title. It means. Arsenal won the Orlando Cup, Will. It it was huge for us. You've got more pre-season cups than anything else, haven't you? No, not not FA Cups. I mean, no one's won more FA Cups. More Orlando Cups than... The Chelsea have got. That is true. That is true. You keep your Orlando (laughs) Cup, we'll keep the European ones. Um, Anyway... Question for you, Ross, about Grealish. Do you think a lot... Do you think he has a great opportunity here with... As we've mentioned, Haaland's in the door, Alvarez is in the door, even Calvin Phillips is in the door. He's no longer the latest new name on the block. No one really cares that he costs 100 billion this year. Yeah. So he's sort of allowed to concentrate his football without really the pressure that he had last year. How much of a deal do you think that's going to be? Yeah, uh, yeah, really good. As Dave said, it does seem to take a year often with these, city, these big city signings. Um, and as I said earlier, Sterling's gone now. I mean, you've got a real finisher in the middle, a bit of a poacher, um, Harland. So uh, I think I think he's going to have a really good year. It's difficult with the ones like this because he's obviously already had good years in, in the Prem. But obviously, last year was a bit of a down year for him. But uh, yeah, I think he's set up to have a, a good one this season. It's also a World Cup year, and you know he's got to get on that plane. <laughs> flying. Good point. It's a good point. He's going to be flying by the same, time. Same for Lingard with that, to be fair, Mike. I imagine. 
if yes, fuck... he worked his way onto that plane. Imagine the morale in the England dressing room with Lingard fizzing about. My God. I've just got an image of Lingard doing a TikTok while uh, one of the workers who's working on the guitar stadiums is in the background. And I can see the I can see the newspaper reports now. Heartless footballer. I mean I'm at some point we'll talk about the World Cup, but I don't know. I, I don't think I feel like I've been less infused for a World Cup than I am for this one. Mm-hmm. Like for for all the reasons, but also the middle of the season. But I tell you right now, a way I could be less infused is if Jesse Lingard's on the fucking plane. <laughs> <laughs> like of all the great number tens we've got, and you're going to give me Jesse sodding Lingard. <laughs> like, fucking hell! Someone give James Madison a phone and show him how to use TikTok and get him on the plane if that's what we need. If we, if Lingard is only going for content, I'll tell you right now, Declan Rice has a crack in TikTok. Just get him on the plane. Anyway. Is that right? Does it? Yeah, yeah. He does. Oh, good one. Good one. Mason Mount's got one too, but it's not very good. Um, yeah. Well, he's, he he features heavily in Declan Rice's one. It's very weird. Anyway, um, young player of the year. We have a can. We have ooh, Ross. You go first because yours is different to the other two. Uh, I went for Pakayo Saka. I mean, he should have won it last year. To be fair, like he's got the exact same reaction that I had when I read Ross. Next. I mean, he's. I, I don't see why that's so bad. He should have won it last year. I'm, I'm Just you wait till you hear who we picked, and then you'll see why it's so bad. Okay. No, b- before we do, talk about why you think Zach is going to actually have a good season again. Are you expecting that with a proper front man, he's going to sort of yeah see a boost in his numbers? Is that it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, Lacazette couldn't hit a barn door last season goal scoring wise so the uh, burden of the scoring was really on Saka last year and another year um, a full season under his belt playing every week I think yeah I mean I've clearly missed someone obvious here but oh Ross they've both picked Harland yeah because he's like 21 uh, yeah you see, I just didn't think about it he just, yeah it feels like he's been around. I that's the thing. I don't like that Young Player of the Year can be someone that's played so many games as we discussed before, but surely if Haaland has a good season... No, you're right. Yeah. I'm, young I'm fairly there. certain Haaland is eligible for our Rookie of the Year award. He fairly would be, because he hasn't played in the Prem before. That's all we uh, qualify it by. Oh, yeah. 100 league games, though. Actually, both of the... I mean, we're just talking generally now, but neither of these will be eligible for our Yuki of the, Yuki, Rookie of the Year award. Neither will be Rick Mitchell. Oh, my shame. Neither of them will be. <laughs> if, you, if you somehow pick him for an award at the end of this year. I was waiting for it. No, Dave, Dave literally sits... Dave gets a text from me. He's like, we've got to pick our awards. He's like, <laughs> He just opens the Crystal Palace website. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, goes to squad, looks for number three, and he's like, I'll have them. Oh, um, Patrick Van Arnholt. Is he still about? Oh, he's in Turkey now. I hope not. I really yeah. do. He was a disaster. Um, anyway, uh, Harlem feels like a good pick for obvious reasons. Um, I feel like we don't have to belabor this, given that we've already talked about him for potentially winning uh, Player of the Year. So I'm going to move on. Yeah. Um, bit of crossover here again. Are you ready for this? Top goal scorer. Um, Ross is out on an island again. Um, good stuff. You've picked... Even more embarrassing, given the last one. Harland. 
And Mike and Dave have picked who? Harry Kane. Oh, there's a theme on this week's podcast. Why Harry Kane versus Haaland? I think my only difference in this is I think Haaland's going to take a bit of time to adjust, which is what we'd expect. Watch a W hat-trick, now I've said that. Um, Bit of time to adjust, whereas Kane is obviously a proven scorer and he looked very exciting in the Conte. We know they're going to create a lot of chances and Kane can definitely finish. So given what we've seen of Kane over the last few years, that was sort of my what tips over the edge. I mean, Haaland definitely could be up there, but putting them next to each other. And obviously Pep's rotation, Kane's probably going to play pretty much every game. Whereas, Can't guarantee it with his fitness, though, to be fair. Yeah, but at least if he's fit, he's probably playing pretty can't much. Guarantee, can't guarantee. Haaland's I mean, can't guarantee fitness eight. with either of them. No, true. But isn't this why we said they bought Richarlison, so they could rotate a bit up front? They might rotate once, Ross, and then Kane's playing even if he's got one leg. Yeah, you're probably right. So, a bit of a bounce-back year for Harry Kane, then, because he did not... He played well last year, but he didn't score a lot of goals. I mean, he saw, I mean Spurs were terrible the first half of last season. That is so true, they were. they were. But part of that was because their best player wasn't playing well and was agitating for a move. Yeah, yeah he's not anymore, so that's good. <laughs> unless, unless there's a round of goal for Gary Neville we're not aware of. He's on the overlap again. Um, so there's a guy who plays in the league who's currently got, who actually has three golden boots to his name, called Mohamed Salah, who actually was tied for last year's. Why did no one pick him? Down here for Liverpool. Yeah, I feel like Liverpool. And they've got about 54 players to play in that position. He's going to be rested a bit as well. I don't know. 350k a week, Salah. I feel is going to play every week. Well, he, can't, he physically can't, can he? Although he does get the uh, World Cup off. He does get the World Cup off, exactly. He's so, going to come back so fit. Yeah. <laughs> if we've got loads of them. Okay, so, gets us out of the group stage. Christ. <laughs> yeah, I, honestly, I'm praying for England to go home early. Yeah, like, get us home early. Let's. This isn't the one we want to win. Um. All right, so as a pod, we're predicting Kane. Um. Most assists, Ross, you're on an island again. But <laughs> this one is not I am, a ridiculous. I am, I am firmly with you. And thank you. for the life of me, understand what these two have done. It's the so, only player that I was contending this with, I'm sure, but far away, Ross. You know, the Rosses are going first. You two are going first because you need to explain why you picked this player. Yes, like Son. Son. Yeah. Son. Yeah, it's a, it's a shoot first goal scorer. It's a player. shoot first goal scorer, and you think he's going to be the top assister in the league? Don't you worry about this. Conte's got him under control. Don't you worry. He's putting up a 15 15 season. I, I can't believe I've picked KDB for assist, <laughs> and I'm on an island here on my own. Oh, I thought you'd pick Trent, to be fair. I was thinking about Trent. Both better picks than some. <laughs> Well, we'll see you at the end of the season, but I'm with Mike. I think Son's going to... I can't believe you. More, ...more of a provider than... I think he with the front three, the way it is... Have the two of you watched Spurs under Conte with, since Kulisevsky's come in? The least assisty one of the yeah. three is Son. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry about Kulisevsky. He's not involved in Apart from Tappet. <laughs> he's so, he's going to score and he's going to assist. 
Don't you worry about that. Get them so, in your fantasy teams if you can. Son's game is predicated on playing on the last, the shoulder of the last man. That's what he's so good at and has been so good at. So Kane and Kulisewski have stopped. Who they should have yeah, bought is Sterling to tap well, him in. <laughs> with Son, the two seasons before, he got 10 assists in both, which is, is pretty up there. And yeah. then he Seven was he, but it's was still he, less than what KDP got probably. Was he the season. top assister in any of those seasons? No, but what I'm saying is this season he's going to come out of at least 15. <laughs> he's hit 30. It's going, to, it's going to be his peak year. Okay. 2020. I'll go five. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. I was surprised when I saw that. I was surprised when I saw it from you, Mike. I guess. <laughs> I guess, I guess we'll see where we are further through the season. Yeah, we'll see where we are further through Who's the favourite, Mike? We'll see where we are at the end of the favorite. season, Dave. That's how it's And second, what is that, Trent? Yeah. Anyone okay, he's fourth behind Bruno. Anyone got a rogue play? Anyone got a rogue for pick assists. for this one? That they think? A rogue pick for assists? That they think I'll give you bit. one. Odegaard, there you go, there's one. Yeah, Odegaard's a good player. Riyad Mahrez. <laughs> no, he's a, he's a, he's a non-passer. It can't be Okay, him. not him, Bernardo. I like that. I, he's I going off again, unless he gets sold to Barca. But they're Mar- signing Kunde as well, so I mean, what is going Mahrez on? is going to put up numbers, by the way. You wait and see. This uh, yeah, a, I back it, but they're going to be This is a bounce-back season for Mahrez. And he was good last year, so I don't know what he's bouncing back from. Uh, he's, actually, he's been bouncing back from being signed by me on draft. Fucking hell, what a disaster. Um, most clean sheets is really boring um, because it is a really boring award. Ross and Mike have gone for the same person. Dave's gone for someone different. Um, yeah. Do you want a, a more interesting pick? No. Tough no, no. for you might be in with me. On an award. Yeah, I don't know what I'm doing with Ross here. <laughs> Edison and Allison for Dave. Two best defences in the league so far. Could yeah. have been the same. Um, Bit of a toss-up, to be fair. Yeah. I, I don't want to spend a lot of time with that. No. Best signing. Three picks here. Um, I'm I, can't all, um, I can't remember what I put for this. You put, uh, I can tell oh, you. I can't remember, actually. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, I can tell you, and it's very on brand. Um, <laughs> so, again, I'll pick the winner at the end of it. So, we'll go take it in turns. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. I mean, there's, there was a boring answer to Pert, but I was trying to keep my players a little bit varied. There was someone that I messaged you second, who I, I think is on a level page. Oh, uh, Ross has picked him. Fine. I've gone with Sterling for Chelsea. I think he good value. I think he's going to do really well there. Um, so, yeah, I can't wait for him to be a typical Chelsea signing. I think I think it'll be good, good value, uh, and definitely filling something that Chelsea seem to be missing. So I think that would perhaps elevate him in terms of being a great signing rather than just a good signing. I think it's a good pick. I do think it's a good pick. I think he'll be good. I just don't think Chelsea will be very... Chelsea will not be good enough that he'll look like a transformative signing. And I think that's going to matter here. Although I I agree, I think he's a really good player. Um, Ross, do you want to go next? I've gone for uh, Jesus. I think I think it is good value again. He's a proven proven goal scorer in the Premier League, and I think we're Cal- going to score quite a lot of goals. Callum Wilson with five extra goals a year. That's what Jesus is. Does that, does someone want to tell Ross there's 19 other teams in this league? Yeah, I've got a bit a bit on. Uh, 
Wait till you hear his ensign here, eh? Christ. <laughs> it's Martinelli. Uh, yeah, I did think about Martinelli, to be fair. Yeah. But like, <laughs> he's, he's, he's hero. It's Tommy Yassi, for sure. It's, it's no, not, it's, 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 I thought about him too, Dave. I'm, no, I'm it's, it's, it's Ty from Arsenal Fat TV, because that is who was <laughs> basically his entire persona. No, around. Clip of him walking like a player with his headphones on. Iconic. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to ask you to expand on Jesus because I've, I've quite frankly we've heard it all before. Mike, um, you've got an actual, an actual interesting pick. No offense. Oh, you. thanks. Bro. Do you want to, do you want to tell him? Who if you it's picked? fucking Lingard after you've given it this. It's not Lingard. It's Haaland. No, it's not Haaland. But I knew Henry would be tearing his earphones out if we didn't mention Haaland here. Um, Nick Pope to Newcastle for 10 mil. I think it's an absolute steal. Their goalkeeper situation has not been good the last Terrible. few years. Um, Nick Pope is a good goalkeeper. Obviously, I think Newcastle are going to be quite good. I think that helps the narrative here of best signing. He probably isn't the best signing, but I think it's a good signing for a decent price for Newcastle. Dave? My one thing with Nick Pope is he doesn't seem very good with his feet and Newcastle want to be on the ball a lot. I think he's a good keeper. But I am interested to see what what he's like in a team where he's going to be expected to be on the ball a lot more, making decent passes. That isn't really something he's had to explore with Burnley. So I think value and his track record is good. But I am interested to see if he can be a bit better with his feet, really. He can find his old mate Chris Wood up top. It is a valid question, though. No, it is a good point. That's, that, that would be the concern about the Pope signing. He's obviously a really good shot stopper, and that's the, the part of his game that we all like. But yeah, as far as playing it out from the back, which is obviously what Eddie Howe wants to do as Newcastle move up yeah. the league, it's a good, it's a fair concern for sure. But They'll probably replace him at the end of the season. Position of need at a cheap price. That's a pretty good pick. Um, yeah, Harland's an interesting one. The only thing with Harland is. If Haaland scores 25 goals, obviously he's had a great season, but we're also kind of expecting that, which is unfair to Haaland and probably unfair to the signing. But I think that narrative of you expect that probably is going to hurt his ability to be one of the better mm. signings. Well, that's why I didn't pick him, but I think yeah. it is worth mentioning him because obviously no, agreed. Agreed. you're bringing a world beater to the league. Yeah, um, of the three here, I think Nick Pope is probably the most potential to be good because I think Newcastle are going to be good and having a better keeper will make them even better. But the the winner of this award at the end of the season will be Julio Asenso, who is a second striker who's just signed for Brighton for 10 million. It will be him. I'm just letting you know now. It will be they, him. They still need a first striker. It's oh, Danny Welbeck, Mike. They've still d- no, no, no. Dennis Undav has returned from loan. Who's as it? has Andy Shakiri. Who's that? They're Not struggling. Great, great they're to hear they're back on the squad. <laughs> Florin Andone as well. Back, back to Brighton. Oh, oh, no. Good lord. Good stuff there. To, to Why sp- won't they just buy a forward? There's not many of them out there. But so, there must be one. <laughs> if you're there, Mike, are you, are you entering the Broger sweepstakes? I mean, why not? At least this guy can score in the Premier League. Did he get six? That's six. six more than any of their strikers last year. Six. You did more, I saw Morpai linked with someone. Who's Morpai linked with? We put that to the championship where he belongs. Uh, German prison. Um, oh, that's Salonatana from Serie A. Yeah, they're confident they can sign him as well. 
I'm yeah, confident. Get him over there. I'm confident he scores 35 goals over there. Because, um, <laughs> I don't know, European strikers who flop in the Premier League seem to do well over there. Um, worst signing, or as we call it, the Bakayoko slash Lukaku award. Um, Ross and Dave are unanimous on this. Mike has gone for someone else. Mike, yours, yours is more of a discussion, so I want you to kick it off. Yeah, I mean, I'm probably wrong, but I just am so out on the Kulabali to Chelsea signing. I'm just so out on it. How much of this is to do with the fact that they posted like 19 times on it? Yeah, but I mean, that's tough. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm really out on team social media. I wish they'd just stop. But uh, particularly now that it looks like they're not going to get Kunde, this is worrying to me if they if it's going to be him and Thiago Silva. I'm just, I'm just concerned about that. That does not fill me with confidence at all. No, it won't be, though. But who, who's it going to be, then? Malang Sar's still about, Mike. Some, someone, someone will get bought. Malang, look, let me tell you now, I'll be amazed exactly. if Sar plays a lot of minutes this season, based on based on the picking that's happening in pre-season. In pre-season, huh? Yeah. No, the performances <laughs> matter nothing, but the, who they're playing in different units matters. Mm. And uh, I will be surprised if he plays a lot of minutes, but... I think you're right, but Koulibaly, Mike, I don't. Good seems to be a good player. Position of need, they desperately needed a centre half. I just think they should have bought him like four years ago. What was the fee? Thirty million. The fee's not massive, but But he is like thirty-one, right? Yeah, he is. I just think I just think he might struggle now, though. Yeah, I can back that to be fair. Yeah, I I think he'll probably there'll probably be some learning moments as he realises that. His pace gets him out of less over here than it has elsewhere. But I'm happy to be really wrong. I don't know why. This is just one of the takes that I have. I no. just don't think he's going to be what? that good. I don't, I I don't think it's a ludicrous take. No, yeah. No, I remember being really concerned about Thiago Silva when he first walked through the doors. I was just thinking, yeah, I, think there's I, no way. Well. I was just thinking, there's no way he's going to be able to do. He's going to be able to cope in this league. But, yeah. but that guy's class. I mean, he's just class. But his brain is so far ahead of everyone else. And that's a little what concerns me about Kulabali is, is, like you say, his pace gets him out of jail sometimes and it probably won't. Yeah, but saying that, the a lot of the Italian press seem to say he's a very intelligent defender. Too. We'll see. It's very difficult to talk about a player that I must admit I've seen play. I think I probably count the number of times on one hand. But look at that. We've, we've done this whole podcast, haven't we? Uh, and if you buy Kimpembe, by the way, Oh, fucking hell. Like, honestly, Kimpembe's a trash heap of a player. He's the most trash one-on-one player. Uh-huh. But interestingly about the Koundé thing, it's all it's all going on and on. The big problem seems to be the Bordeaux are owed 20% of his next transfer fee, which is why Chelsea have, um, Chelsea are still trying to iron out the details and are putting pressure on them to end it. Barcelona still need to sell players, so this could drag on for a while, and I get the sense they'll walk away and go somewhere else. And there are other options out there. None of them probably as good as Kunde, but at this point, if you're going to, they just need one more through the door. And quite frankly, but he I'm, can't be called Kimpembe. No, he can't be. And I'll say it again though. There's, there's, a, there's a, I've just stopped. I've basically, I've muted the words Chelsea and transfer on my Twitter feed because I can't handle it at the moment. I'm so I'm so out. I'm so out every transfer window. Of, and this this goes to fans of all the big six clubs whinging and fucking moaning about the players they haven't got through the door when they've got some really, really talented academies. Like this whole the whole concept of the Chelsea thing for me is 
it's ridiculous the way that some of these people talk about these players that are at the club. The way they talk about like um, Trevor Chalaber, for example, who had an okay debut season as a 22-year-old for his first time in the league, actually played well in some big games. And they're talking about, well, he, he can't play a lot of minutes this year. I'm like, what are we doing? And the same with Levi Colwell. They're like, he can't play a lot of minutes this year. And at the same time, they turn around and go, well, we should never have sold Tamori. We should never have sold Gurhi. Well, you're always going to have to sell these players if you don't give them a chance. Yeah. There's no way you can convince me that Kimpembe for 45 million is a good bit of business when you've got players who are not as good yet, but have the potential to be as good that you can have for basically free. Colwell's a really good player as well. I think he's a really good player. And crucially, he's left-footed. Yeah, it's rare. There's not that many left-footed. Get him in those Malang-Sard minutes. Let's get him in instead of Mings to the England squad. Southgate, are you listening? Another left-footed (laughs) centre-back. Please, with us and Mings. Please. and, this, and some of this some of this falls back on Tuchel and falls back on and it goes across all the clubs but like Tuchel's desperate for a left footed centre half but won't give Levi Colwell a look at what are we doing here like you want to tell me that championship players can't step up to the Premier League I mean like Reese James playing the championship for Wigan was excellent and then the next Mount season Derby. played for a, uh, yeah Mount Derby next season they were the best players in the team that won the Champions League what are we doing come on you can make that step up if you're a talented young boy. So maybe put some trust in your academies and let's focus less on who's not coming through the door. Let's give Fabrizio Romano less clicks. It's bizarre given what's happened with Gerhi and, and Tamori. Mm. I know, it's crazy to me. And they're all like, but like, look, if we're going to give Milan Sar minutes, who we got for free and we've got nothing invested in him, and anyone who's spent any time watching Malang Sar knows that the ceiling of Malang Sar is signing to Everton in de- on deadline day in like two, three years time. Like, whereas you look at like, you look at Colwell, who's 18 and has already had a good season and you're not investing in that. He should be the fringe player in your squad. He should be the player that you're saying, you know, I'm not going to give you 80% of the minutes, but maybe I can get you 40% of the minutes. It goes the same thing at Villa with the Carney Chukamenya guy. Like Barcelona, yeah, Barcelona are interested in him, but Villa can't find him minutes over Morgan Sanson. What are you doing? They, it's just they bad. need to tie him down. He looks really good. Yeah, well, even if he's not really good, like you have to show these players a pathway because otherwise they have no. They just should not sign for you. And yeah. I, I go, we go through this. We go through this every year with Livramento and all these things with Chelsea, but. Well, what does your camper do? Is he still looking promising or not? The honest answer, Dave. The honest answer, Dave, is everyone says he's playing really well. Um, and if and if Tusha wants to go from a four to a three simultaneously, it makes sense to Ampadu who can play in both those both a DM and a centre back to play more minutes in the squad. But quite frankly, I don't know what's going on with him. And mm-hmm. yeah, uh, if he's good, en- my thing is if he's good enough, keep him around and let's let him play the Malangsar minutes. And in pre-season, I'll go back to it again, like, pre-season does not matter. But what does matter is giving you, pre-season should be used to play your youth. Mm-hmm. Pre-season should be, I'm going to have a look at all these youth lads. I want to see how they fit in with the team. Like Ross Barkley, Mitchy Batshuayi should not be playing because they're putting them in a shop window. But no one's forgot that Ross Barkley exists. People just don't want to sign him. Yeah. Like they're not going to be convinced by watching him play like 45 minutes against, I don't know, FC Cluj or something. What chance is him on loan with his full wages? It's just after. That's well Everton, that is. It's just yeah. every pre season, I just think that it reminds me, and transferring it reminds me that the squads in the Premier League just completely mismanage what they're doing. Um, 
Speaking of mismanagement, let's go back to worst signings. <laughs> the two of you, the two of you, Charlton, yeah. another car crash yeah. player. Um, but worst signing is this to do with the fee more than the player? Um, the f- I mean, I hate the player and I hate the fee. So yeah, there you go. I mean, how much is he going to play for that much money? Even if he, uh, I don't know. Like, even if he does score a few, he's not going to play enough to make it worth the money anyway, I don't think. Like, you, you could have got someone who's going to play those minutes for less than what you paid for Richarlison, who's probably as good. So, that's where I'm at with that. I mean, yeah, I, I agree. £60 million's a lot for a guy who is going to have to do a lot to nail down a starting spot when the front three that already exist were excellent at the end of last season. And is Richarlison good enough for, is he worth 60 million? I don't think so. So to no way. not only buy him for 60 million, but to buy him when you know he's not really going to be playing every game, or even if he is, he's most likely to be coming do, off. The it's do you not think? Do you not think that that helps him not playing every game? Do you not think that reduces the pressure, reduces the spotlight, it, and perhaps people are less invested in him being as bad as it, he is? It does, mm. but if you're paying 60 million for players, surely you want to be giving them as many minutes as you can within reason, right? Surely. Yeah, and surely. I, I mean, no, 60 million in the grand scheme of football isn't a huge, huge, huge astronomical fee, but it's still very big, even for a top. Four, it is big for million. someone who's probably your backup striker. Yeah, it's it's a bit it, mental. It's crazy. I mean, yeah, I, I hate him as a player anyway. I think him playing less is going to make him more less. desperate to score goals and make him even worse at passing, if that's even possible. I, I can see a scenario where Richarlison comes off the bench this year, vastly overperformed his um, XG and looks like a good player. I can see that scenario. And then I can see the scenario next year where in the same situation he scores one goal by the end of the year or something because he just has a regression to the mean. I can see it both ways. I think... I think he is the potential to have like a hot runner form that but, sort of carries him out of this. Uh, I'm just saying, scored if seven he's goals off the bench. An right. okay bench player, you've still paid sixty million for him. Like, I find it difficult to look past that. Mm-hmm. I mean, the real worst signing of season will come from someone like Everton or something. I did have another worst. What have they, who have they even signed? I don't I don't know, know. So far, the worst signing of the season is nobody from Leicester. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're still out there with no one on that list. A week on from when I last slated them for this, oh, they're still there. And if we get to the ones twenties and they still haven't bought someone, Lord knows where I'm going to put them. I'm looking forward to your one to twenty, but I really am. We need some road picks. Oh, I'm all on board for that. Right, next Speaking one up is. No, that was a great segue, but sadly we've got one more before we get there. Um, unsung hero. Actually, before we do get that, I just want to ask you something, Mike. Ronaldo's apparently flying back to United for clear the air talks after nobody has tried to buy him and nobody. <laughs> and despite the fact that they're throwing stuff at him, throw. He's, honestly, he's throwing himself at, at Atletico Madrid in a way that would make. If he was in a club, he'd get kicked out. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, and he's coming back to clear the air talks about what United can do for his future. That is Paul Pogba levels of delusion, isn't it? I mean, the best part about this is, you know when Ronaldo, like the most managed man 
of all time on like in the press manages to comes out with this statement that he wants to leave but actually hasn't got any club lined up who's going to take him seems like the most bizarre thing ever as soon as he comes out with that i was like right well who's going to take him then <laughs> no one wants him obviously because why would you on his wages with his production if he'd announced it on the overlap I think he'd be gone. On a golf course. That would be sensational. Honestly, I, Declan Rice did the overlap not that long ago, uh, like quite a while ago, and I just want a new overlap with Declan Rice. I just want a new one. I just, I, come on, Declan. Just let us know that you're willing to go. Um, unsung hero time. Uh, Dave, you go first because Ross is winning this category, but you've all okay. picked different things. Fine. I went with John Stones, to be honest. I feel like he he's pretty solid for Man City. He's got way better than he used to be. He used to be pretty error-prone. He's definitely, since playing alongside Diaz, become a much better player. Obviously, Diaz is the one that gets the credit at the back. Cancelo gets a lot of credit. Rightly so, he's a fantastic player. But Stones is really the... It's not really the play you look at in in that City team for being good, even in defence, but I think he's probably going to be solid. And if they win the league, that's sort of a definition of an unsung hero, really. He won't be the one that everyone talks about. The Nigel de Jong role for Manchester City, I like it. Um, Mike, your pick? I, I don't know what I was thinking when I picked this. but I... If this is my pick. <laughs> no. <laughs> Thomas Frank. But then I've also said earlier in the pod, I'm worried about them having a, a bit of a disaster. Uh, so I'm not really sure what to <laughs> How can a manager be unsung if do well, though? He's one of the no, first people like, I talk about. If they get, like, 14th or something. Yeah, I suppose if they did back-to-back, basically what they did last year, that would yeah. be pretty impressive stuff. We can't have two teams in 14th, because that's where Forest are. So maybe oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, man. God, where Palace must be really high then if someone else is in 14th. Yeah, um, Palace is again. Ross, has, Ross has done the the sensible thing, and he's tried to give a Brighton player this award. Um, I think this guy is a perennial unsung hero uh, candidate. So after this year, I'm fully ruling him out, and I'm no longer taking it. <laughs> It's fed me. Get a grip, Mike. Uh, Ross, go on. I think I actually gave him my own here at the end of last year, but Leandro Trossard. Cracking little player. Big fan. And uh, yeah, as you say, we've got to get a Brighton. I mean, no no shouts for Graham Potter for manager of the year, either, which is pretty crazy. It'd have been my pick. Yeah, I did think about it. I'd yeah, it might have been my pick if they bought a freaking striker. No, you won't we'll have to worry about that because he'll be at Chelsea in January. Let's <laughs> get him to England. That's right. What if? That is true. He'd be great at England. He'd certainly be better than. Um... Hmm. Um... The Spurs job will be available pretty soon. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Yeah, it really does feel no, like it could go one or two ways with Spurs this year. I've seen both these stories. Um, I asked the three of you to come up with. Um, an off-the-wall pick each. Um, Mike, after spending this entire podcast saying you're worried about Brentford, what's your off-the-wall pick? My off-the-wall pick is uh, <laughs> Luis Diaz to be top scorer. You have changed that. Originally, that was Ivan Tony, but I'll allow... Oh, the Louis sorry. Diaz. I did change it, you're right, to Ivan Tony being top scorer. Top scorer? 
That's huge. I quite like the Lewis Diaz okay. pick. Yeah, the Diaz is okay, think... but I'm going even more rogue. Ivan Tony. Sorry, I forgot I changed that when I sent it to you. Um, that yeah. I love if Brentford are good, which they could be. Obviously, Tony's going to score a lot of goals for him. This is, and the, he's most, on, this is the most Dave segment of all time. And he's on pen. <laughs> Ignore everything I've said for the last five minutes. Well, look, I, I wanted to pick Wolves to go down, but that was only four to one. So I've, I've gone for a 40 to one shot. I can totally to be the top. Speaking of which, Dave, what's your off the wall prediction? Yeah, I think Wolves could get relegated. Honestly, they this... are in serious serious trouble they hardly have any players and most of them aren't, aren't good so there's some one player nathan collins um don't know what they're going to plug with their wingers center mid issue and striker issue so well, they had a serious injury to um that promising winger they have sorry i can't remember his name but he tore his acl not not Neto, a different one tore his acl never had a big code for him for this season i'm worried about wolves too but Defense? I don't know. Not pretense. It's someone else really young. We're not playing guest the Wolves winger. We'll bring it no, up. No, I don't know who you're talking about. No, but he did tear his ACL. It's tough. Um, Ross, you're off the wall prediction? Yeah, I think it's worse than both of yours. Oh, God. It's really off the wall. Newcastle, Newcastle top four. That is fans off the wall. My goodness. There you go. You want it off the wall, so there we are. That's, no, I that's not off. That's that is that is NASCAR driver going into the wall. That's what the <laughs> prediction is. I tell you what, Nick Pope could be signed in the season if that. Happens. There we go. Exactly. Nick Pope would be signing in the season. I mean, they'd have to have the actual Pope blessing them before every game to that, for that to happen. But there we are. Um, you wanted off the wall, and that's what it was. That was it's, off the wall. It's interesting. We'll revisit all of this at the end of the season. Yeah, I can't wait to see Wolves finish eighth again. I can't wait for Ivan Tony's golden boot. With Cal, <laughs> that honestly, that would be that would be the best golden boots as like Kevin Phillips. Yeah. What, what you haven't thought Kevin about Phillips. if he gets if he gets a January move to like Liverpool somehow. Get a January move to Chelsea when they come out. If, if Liverpool had picked up Tony. Get a January move to Chelsea. It'd be like the Nicholas and Chelsea Mate, at Kevin some point Phillips. they're going to look at Thomas Tuchel's going to be looking around the training ground going. Where's our striker? Where is the striker? We've got Havertz. We could play him up front. Maybe we could play Werner. Oh, no. I'll tell that you what, Mike. Tony back to Newcastle. Then both of our things can come true. There have been rumours about that, haven't there? Goals now, that is something I can get on board with. I'd have yeah. to change well, my uh, signing of the season pick if that happens. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Ivan Tony, same odds as Eddie and Ketia and DCL. Oh, and Mitrovic. So if you want it off the wall, you've got it, baby. And Werner. What in the world? How is Martial got those odds? Like, Wait, Martial's the same. The same as Tony. Yeah. Tony's guaranteed to start every week. Martial's going to play a lot of football. That's not good. He's not going to play a lot of football. Well, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, United are finishing bottom half. Is Mar- is Martial? Is Martial the most? Like overrated, not good player of all time. He's up there. The way people talk about this guy. Well, he's yeah, they well, used to not anymore. No, they still do. No, Mike, who who does? Mike, look at Man United Mike, Twitter. Mike, Mike go Mike. on to Twitter and so No, I, I don't use that app. So sorry if anyone has been following me on there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Sometimes um, Eddie and Ketty are too. That's wild. Okay. Anyway, next week is our 1 to 20 episode. Um, we're going to come together and pick a combined 1 to 20. I mean, the three of these two chuckleheads will be the ones picking it, and then I'll pick the tiebreakers. But I'm sure there'll be plenty of interesting topics. So if you want to get that, you can get it. As you've heard, we've got takes. We've got takes. Certainly have takes. But if the people want to keep up with the, your takes on Twitter, Mike, where can they do that? If you were using it. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not worth following me there, but if you'd like to, it's at Mikey Breslin on Twitter. There you are. Um, Dave, if the people want to follow you to find out more, where can they do that? Uh, it's at Dave Harris underscore 44. And if you want to follow Ross Bird, where can you do that? Uh, at Ross underscore Bird 14. Yeah, please, instead, following Ross there, tweet at Cafe Rouge, hashtag Ross for Rouge. And if you want to follow me, it's at Wilton17, but please don't follow us there. Please, instead, follow us at In and Around Pod on all the socials, including LinkedIn. Um, if you've got any questions for us, you can send them to inandaroundpod at gmail.com, and we will look at them, and sometimes we might even answer them. doesn't happen often. Um, and in the meantime, until next week's 1 to 20, um, Mike? Sayonara. There we go.